It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What up, what up, what up? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast. It is Tuesday, February 18th, 2020. Hopefully you had a good President's Day if you celebrated it. If you didn't, either way, just uh, hopefully you, you got off to a good start. The week work, we got off to a good start for you if you did, in fact, have to work. You know how it is, man. If you don't have a really good Monday, usually the rest of your week goes bad. Like, if you have a bad Monday, you know you're probably going to have a bad week because that kind of just sets the tone for the whole week. So hopefully your Monday was really good. Again, uh, enjoyed your President's Day if you had it off. And if you didn't have it off, well, I hope you enjoyed it anyway. So, uh, again, welcome into Tuesday's episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast. You could always hit me up on Twitter at your boy Q254. Always appreciate hearing from you. Before we get into the meat of uh, today's episode, I got to talk about Twitter. Jeff Barnett, my guy at One Nation Only, hit me up and said, uh, wow, I guess I haven't been paying attention. I just listened to the show and realized the voicemail line was a different number. And you know what's funny? The voicemail line is not a different number. <laughs> it is not a different number. It's still 707-654-4693. I told you on a Monday that I was mentally fatigued. Like my mind was just, it, it's there, but it's not. And I, I just had so much going on that I'm just kind of mentally drained. I absolutely gave you Raider Nation. I apologize. No doubt I apologize. I gave you the radio station's number, the text line, and the phone number line. So if you tried to call 254-662-1660, it rolls off my, my mouth and out my mouth so easily because that's the radio station's phone number. It's a text line and a phone line, similar to the voicemail line, but it's actually a phone line where you can call through and uh, get on the air live. I don't know why. I actually gave you that number, except for the fact that I'm in the studio and it has the number on the wall and maybe I was looking at it. I don't know. But for some reason, I gave out that number on Monday's episode. So I apologize, man. The phone number, the voicemail line, and the text line for the Locked On Raider podcast is still 707-654-4693. So I apologize. And I'm so glad my guy Jeff Barnett pointed that out. And when he did, I was like, you know what? The number ain't changed. I just gave out the wrong number, man. My bad. And so he had sent a text message in before I actually got on the air. And the show that was on before me was wondering, why in the world am I getting Raider questions? Why am I getting something about Derek Carr? So anyway, it made for a, a pretty good segment on the radio on Monday. But uh, yeah, that was not intentional. So I apologize, Raider Nation. 
So coming up on today's show, you will hear your calls and your text messages straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. That's going to come up in segment number three, which is it's just it's just funny to me just because I gave out the wrong number. But yeah, you'll get the right number and you'll hear your calls and your text messages. I like the fact that people are able to send text messages as well. You'll hear all that in segment number three. In segment number two, uh, my conversation I had on Monday on the podcast, I guess kind of opened up a can of worms when it came to Tom Brady and Derek Carr. And I just find it very... Very, very funny. I actually find it hilarious that all throughout 2019, all the narrative, all the story behind Derek Carr and, and the reason why the Raiders weren't that great offensively was what? Because the weapons around Derek Carr weren't that great, right? That's all we heard all 2019. That's all we said all 2019. Hell, I even said it. Hey, after Antonio Brown was gone, then, well, they didn't have any weapons, right? Any big-time weapons. Yeah, Darren Waller was there. Yeah, Josh Jacobs was there. But there's no real big threat offensively, right? Well, now that Tom Brady's been thrown into the fold, and now that some people have shown their true colors that they really want Tom Brady and not Derek Carr, and look, I'm not trying to defend Derek Carr, and I'm not trying to defend Tom Brady. I just find it funny that everyone now is saying, and anyone who hit me up on Twitter, I'm not saying this as a shot to you. It's just funny because, and I've discussed this with most of the people that hit me up on Twitter and said this, I just find it funny that now the narrative is, well, the Raiders' offense is way better than than uh, the Patriots' offense, and the Raiders have way more weapons than the Patriots do, so Tom Brady, with a lot of weapons around him, will be great. Whoa, 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 wait, what? <laughs> I thought the Raiders didn't have any weapons. So anyway, that that's a conversation for segment number two. I'm definitely going to get in that. I'll throw some numbers at you. I'll give you some uh, some absolute facts, and then I'll give you my opinion, as I always do. But here in segment number one, I want to give you the news and the notes of the day. It has to do with the NFL as in a whole, but it also has to do, it comes back, it always circles back to the Raiders. So let's go ahead and jump into it right now. One of the biggest pieces of news that dropped on Monday was Darius Big Play Slay. Looks like he could be traded from the Lions. Apparently, the Lions have reached out to multiple teams, and this is according to Adam Schefter. Multiple teams looking for a trade partner with the understanding. Not only do you have to give up draft capital to the Lions to trade for Big Play Slay, but... You also have to rework his contract, give him an extension, basically similar to what the Raiders did with Antonio Brown when they moved, made that move prior to the 2019 season. Okay, so that's what you have to do, according to Adam Schefter. It's not just give up some draft capital and all of a sudden you got a big-time defensive back. Because, look, make no mistake about it. There are no, no confusing what I'm saying here. Big play Slay is exactly what his name is, a big play Slay guy. I mean, he's, he's that dude. The problem is, what are you going to give that dude? for his services. And what are you going to give the Lions for his services? First of all, they're not going to just give him away because he's a big time playmaker. He's not a headache. He's not a, you know, he's not like uh, Antonio Brown where they just want to get him out of town because he's causing issues. The dude is a big time baller. The dude is one of the best defensive backs in the league. He's also 29 years old. So now what are you going to give a guy who's probably looking at his last big time contract? Are you going to give up a second round draft pick? Are you going to give up a couple of those third round picks that the Raiders have? And then on top of that, give them $15 million a year. Look, the highest paid defensive back in the league is around 15 something million dollars a year. Big pay Slay is going to want to make at least 14 to $15 million. Patrick Peterson is about to get his contract reworked. He's going to make $12 million something this year, but the Cardinals want him to retire as a Cardinal, so they're working on a contract extension. Probably going to pay him around 14 to $15 million. Big play Slay is going to want money similar to that. I pose this to you, and I'll tell you why I disagree with this 100%. The Raiders have three third-round picks. Would you want to give up one of those, possibly two of those, to land a guy who's 29 years old, going on 30, and you're also, on top of that, going to give him big-time money? And I know right now someone's saying, well, I did it for Antonio Brown. I get it. But one, John Gruden is an offensive-minded head coach. So yes, he's going to go and try to go out on a limb for somebody who he believes was the best in the business. 
I mean, he was considering, he was talking about Antonio Brown in the same light as he was talking about Jerry Rice. Now, Big Play Slay is a big-time defensive back, but he ain't Deion Sanders. You know what I'm saying? Or or enter any other. He ain't Charles Woodson. He's really good, but he ain't C. Wood. Okay? I just don't see what would make any sense when you can go and get a younger dude. Hell, you can go after Byron Jones. I, I would be okay. This is my deal. I would be okay if you're just giving up free agent money. If he was going to become a free agent and you were just going to give up money, okay, cool. Big-time playmaker, big-time defensive back, cool. That'd be great across from Trayvon Mullen. I can see that. But you got to give up both. I don't see the the value in giving up both draft capital and money to a guy who, again, is going on 30 years old. He's not 24 years old. He's not 23. He's not Mika Fitzpatrick from the Steelers. Mika is a young dude, a young stud, and he's also on a rookie deal. So that's my argument. I know there's a lot of Raider Nation because a lot of Raider Nation said, oh, yeah, go get him, Raiders, go get him, go get him. You have to realize there's more than one thing that you got to do. You can't just trade for him. You also have to extend him, give him a contract extension. What is that going to cost you? That is the biggest issue. To me, it's going to cost you more in free agent money than it's going to cost you in draft capital. It's Like I said, it's going to be at least a third-round draft pick. I would think maybe even a second-round draft pick because he's that good. Again, that's up to the Lions, what they want, what they want to receive in return. But it's up to big play slay of what he wants as far as contract. I just don't think it's worth it. So I say no to that. Uh, I know that's going to be a hot topic around Raider Nation because, again, like I cautioned on Monday, anytime somebody with a name is available, all the Raider Nation wants to go get them. And I get it, man. That's what fans do. They want to all have all the names and everything. But sometimes a name isn't the guy who's going to be the dude. You know, sometimes a name is just a name. Sometimes you just have to trust what you're doing, trust your scouting, go out and get some guys, and then all of a sudden realize, hey, this is a hell of a player. So uh, I just caution you. Realize when you're wanting the Raiders to go out and make a move for big play slay, not only are they going to have to give up draft capital, but they will also have to pay him a contract extension. Some other news that happened on uh, on Monday. TJ Carey, the former Raider, he's been released from the Cleveland Browns. So, of course, naturally, like fans do, Raider Nation wanted to know my thoughts on bringing TJ Carey back in. Look, I know the saying, once a Raider, always a Raider, but as far as I'm concerned, no, no, no with TJ Carey. A lot of these guys that are getting cut before free agency even starts, that's because they're 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 not worth their weight. Which I'm saying is TJ Carey was about to make six point something million dollars this year, and the Cleveland Browns said, "Nah, no, thank you. We'll take uh we'll take our guy Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams, who TJ Carey was actually behind. TJ Carey in 2019, he got lost in the shuffle. He really didn't have a very good season. Anyone in Cleveland will tell you his play was poor. That's how they described it. Poor. 2019, 40 tackles, one sack, four tackles for loss, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, and one interception. That's what he did in 2019. And someone's probably saying, Q, it's not that bad. It's not. But he's not a guy that I'd go out there and, and try to sign right away. That's a guy that I'd let sit out there in free agency, go on and make as many visits as he has to do. And when you're kind of at the end of free agency and you're trying to fill out your 90-man roster as you head into training camp, as you want to get some bodies in there, he might be a guy I look at then and say, okay, yeah, you know what? I'll give him a little minimum deal to come in here and compete during training camp. But if he's worth something, then cool. We'll keep him around. He is a guy that can play on the outside and on the inside in the slot. That's cool. He's not a guy I prioritize. Why would you prioritize him? It just it just doesn't make any sense. So, uh, again, TJ Carey, he's out there. He's available. Yes, I know he's a former Raider. I know he's a De La Salle guy. Uh, he's 29 years old. And, I mean, he's he's okay. You know, he's just okay. But, again, if the Raiders are going to make a move, if the Raiders are going to be playoff bound, if they're a team that's going to be expected to make the playoffs in 2020, you don't need guys that are just, well, they're okay. You need guys that are dudes. You need dudes. This roster needs to be improved, and it needs to be improved in a major way, and it's got to be not with guys that are, well, they're okay. No, guys that are dudes. 
Final little piece of news that I want to give you is uh, the fact that Antonio Brown, who's been making his uh, his uh, sorry tour, his his apology tour that he's been making, he's been on Ebro in the morning in New York, he's been on The Breakfast Club, uh, he's talked with multiple people, been on different podcasts. I mean, he's just all over the place. He, uh, he said that he's going to be at the Combine. And uh, he's going to be over there in Indy hanging out at the Combine. And, you know, a lot of things happen at the Combine. A lot of deals get done. That's when agents start talking to GMs and GMs start talking to agents and all that good stuff. So AB is going to be at the Combine, try to talk to whoever he can. Uh, You know, I found it kind of interesting when I was listening to his interview on The Breakfast Club that, you know, he had talked about John Gruden. He said that he had his back, even though the day before on Ebro in the morning, he had said the exact opposite. Clearly, he's still whatever. Uh, I do not want him back with the Raiders. I do not think that the Raiders should should go down that avenue. Uh, but it was funny. It was interesting when he said that, you know, I got to convince the coach that I'm sorry that I'm ready to, to rock and roll. And uh, the coach has got to convince the GM that I'm ready to rock and roll. And so all I could think of was him trying to convince Gruden to bring him back. And then Gruden going to try to make Mike Mayock believe that he's ready to come back. But anyway, just know Antonio Brown's going to be making his rounds at the Combine, which gets started on February 23rd, even though most of the activity won't really start until Wednesday or Thursday. Thursday of the week, uh, but it gets wrapped up on March 2nd in Indianapolis. So anyway, that's the news and the notes of the day. Now, coming up next is segment number two. I'm going to talk about Derek Carr, Tom Brady, and the fact that all of a sudden the Raiders have weapons when throughout the 2019 season, team was lacking weapons, didn't have enough weapons, need to put some weapons around Derek Carr. That's all we heard. Every call, every text, every tweet, that's all we heard. Got to get more weapons. Got to get more weapons. Now the Raiders have weapons and haven't done anything to the roster. We'll talk about that next here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are, jumping right back into the Lockdown Raiders podcast. It is Tuesday, February 18th, 2020. Your boy Q here. And now I want to talk about this Tom Brady and the Raiders offense and how it's so much better than the Patriots all of a sudden when it's the offseason, but during the regular season, all we heard from Raider Nation, from a lot of fans, from a lot of listeners, from a lot of callers, all that good stuff, tweeters, uh, all we heard was, well, Derek Carr just needs more weapons around him, and he'll be really, really good. So I ask you, before I even get into this, was that a conversation because you just wanted to make an excuse for Derek Carr to keep him around? Or did you really believe at the time that the Raiders' offense was not very good and the weapons weren't very good, and suddenly, miraculously, it has changed in the offseason without adding a single soul to it? I say that question because... This is now where we're at, where people are talking about my comparisons that I was given on Monday about Derek Carr and Tom Brady and how it's really not too much different, except for Derek Carr is a lot younger, and I feel like Tom Brady and Carr are kind of on the same page, and I, and I do. I absolutely believe that those guys are, are still on the same page, and, and I'm not trying to sell you Derek Carr. I'm not trying to sell you Tom Brady. I'm just trying to say that neither, neither one of these guys excite me right now, and I don't think that there's a whole lot of difference. That, that's my point. I'm just trying to really back up my conversation from Monday. So again, the narrative all season long was the Raiders and Derek Carr didn't have weapons in 2019. The offense was not good. The offense can't win games. Now, they have to improve their roster, right? Get real threats at the wide receiver position. Compliment Josh Jacobs. Get a kick return, among, among others, right? We've talked about all that. 
I mean, on Mock Draft Mondays, on, on, on whenever we talk about the draft, we're like, okay, the Raiders need to come away with two wide receivers, speed burners, guys that can really take the top off the, the defense. You know, maybe a Jerry Judy, maybe a CeeDee Lamb, maybe a Henry Ruggs. I mean, that's just a few. Then we talk about getting a, getting a guy that's a, a compliment to Josh Jacobs. I mean, we as fans, that's what we continue to do, right? Me on this podcast, that's what I continue to do. Hey, let's, let's go ahead and, and let's, and see what the Raiders could do and see if they could build this team. Build this offense, make it explosive. That's, that's all I've been talking about. I know that's what I've been talking about. And suddenly, all of a sudden, the Raiders offense, Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, Jalen Richard, Darren, uh, De- DeAndre Washington, excuse me. All of a sudden, that offense is a lot better than what Tom Brady had in, in, in New England. And, and look, I'll give, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to anyone who's saying that. New England didn't have a very good offense. I said it on Monday that the way they were winning games was by way of the defense. But I don't think it's because their offense was that bad and they didn't have any weapons. I really feel like the Patriots' weapons were probably very similar to what the Raiders had. I mean, really, that's, that's the deal. I don't think it was that much different. Look, statistically, let me just tell you, the Raiders were 11th in the league in total offense. They averaged 363.7 yards per game. But the problem with that is they only scored 19 points per game. Now, the Patriots, they were 15th in total offense, 354 yards per game. So the Raiders, 363.7, the Patriots, 354 yards. Very similar, right? Okay, very, very similar. But the difference is they scored. They averaged 26.2 points per game. And some of the conversation I had on Twitter on Monday was, yeah, but Tom Brady's a lot better in the red zone. Absolutely. Absolutely, 100%. You're 100% right about that. But again, I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at what they did. I'm looking at what they did statistically. They're not much different. So I just don't understand where the narrative is. All of a sudden, the Raiders' offense is that much better than what New England put out there. The Patriots scored 420 points in 2019. You know what the Raiders did? They only scored 313 points in in 2019. But all of a sudden now, because the narrative has changed and people are trying to justify why Tom Brady to the Raiders makes sense. That's what it's all about, is trying to justify. And And again, I say this. With all due respect, I'm not saying this to the people that were tweeting me because this was just conversation that we were having on Twitter on Monday. We were just going back and forth, just throwing that narrative out there. So I'm not saying that these guys were saying it. But it's just funny that the overall narrative has, has completely changed and the Raiders haven't done anything to their offense yet. They haven't done anything to the roster except for re-sign Jalen Richard. They re-signed Richie Incognito. You know what I mean? Like, really, that's, that's really all they did. They guaranteed Tyrell Williams. I mean, a lot of people want to get rid of Tyrell Williams. He's a bum. Get rid of him, he's a bum. Now all of a sudden he's a really good weapon for Tom Brady, but not Derek Carr. That's my only conversation. Well, that's why I'm like, wait, 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 where did this come from? Because Raider Nation, I promise you, I can go back to the archives of all the podcasts from week one to week 17 of the regular season, and one theme will be consistent. Derek Carr doesn't have any weapons. That's what we heard all 2019. From one guy to the next guy to the next guy. I got to shout out to my dude, Akeem in Oakland. Matter of fact, his birthday was the other day, and uh, I didn't get to uh, shout him out and say happy birthday. But Akeem in Oakland uh, has been one of those guys that has been 100% against Derek Carr. And look, again, this is not a, a, a insult on Derek Carr. This is not a you know lift Tom Brady up. This is not an insult on either one of those guys. I just don't think that – I think it's a wash. I think if you look at both of those guys, it's a wash. You're, you're looking at the same guy. One's just older. But, you know, Akeem in Oakland said, and he pointed out to me before, like, hey, man, the Raiders have – Six guys that were capable of going to the Pro Bowl or should have been in the Pro Bowl, whatever. And talking about the Raiders don't have any any weapons all off all season long. That's all that's been said is the Raiders don't have any weapons. But yet, like six guys offensively could have gone to the Pro Bowl. Talking about Rodney Hudson, talking about Trent Brown, talking about Richie Incognito, talking about Josh Jacobs, talking about Darren Waller and Alec Ingold. <laughs> that's six guys that were potential Pro Bowlers, and I mean they didn't make it because they were alternates or whatever, and that's fine. 
but just they they were potentials. You know, I think Rodney Hudson was uh, a actual Pro Bowl. He was, but still, you know, and he pointed out. I said, oh yeah, but they still need weapons. They need a guy who's a game changer. I mean, Hunter Renfro is nice, but they need a guy that can you know scare a defense. You know, have the speed to take the, the top off a of defense. They still don't have that guy, but all of a sudden their offense is way more improved than the Patriots. I just don't see it. I, I, I really, really don't. And again, I'm not going to do this like every single day where I talk about Brady versus Carr, Carr versus Brady, Carr versus Breeze, Carr versus Bridgewater. I'm not going to do all that. I just find it funny that I had one conversation about how these guys are very similar and you're not really, in my opinion, upgrading that position by just bringing in Tom Brady. All you're doing is bringing in a name. You're bringing in a guy with a bunch of rings, but doesn't mean he's going to have a ring with you. You're bringing in a guy with a bunch of uh, championships under his belt, but doesn't mean he's going to win one with you. I compared him to, you know, Joe, Joe Montana with Kansas City, Michael Jordan with the Wizards. I mean, insert any superstar that, like Emmett Smith with the Cardinals. You know what I'm saying? Like, really? Uh, Tim Brown with the Buccaneers. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that, that's what it was. Jerry Rice with the Broncos. Some people don't even remember Jerry Rice with the Broncos. Most people don't remember Jerry Rice after he left San Francisco and left Oakland. After Oakland's like, oh, Jerry Rice was in the league? Yeah. Played for Seattle? Played for Denver? Played for both those teams. But, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's how I look at it. So, again, Raider Nation, not trying to start no mess, not trying to call nobody out. I just all of a sudden wanted to bring out the fact that the narrative all season long in 2019 was that the Raiders offense lacked weapons. Lacked weapons. And now all of a sudden the, the new line, because somebody has floated out there that the Raiders are interested in Tom Brady. And, hell, maybe they are. Maybe they are. Maybe, uh, you know, in September I'm talking about Tom Brady leading the, the Raiders in, in Las Vegas for the home opener. Maybe that's what I'm talking about in September. Only thing we'll know, I'll know is what I'll be talking about in September in September. I won't know that right now. I just think that it doesn't make any sense. I think it's a, it's a wash. It's basically one guy's the, the same guy, except for one's a little bit older. Again, Tom Brady's not going to extend the pocket. He's not going to roll around and run around the yard. He's not going to do that. He's going to check the ball down. He absolutely is because that's what he's been doing for years. He actually averages less yards per, per pass attempt than Derek Carr does. <laughs> I mean, everything that Raider Nation hates about Derek Carr... Tom Brady does, except for Tom Brady does it, and his name is Tom Brady, and he has six rings. So I, I, I don't really know. I mean, now he might not throw the ball into the ground on fourth down. <laughs> he, might, he might throw an attempt up there, just throw it up there for the hell of it. But either way, if that's the only evil that, that uh, Derek Carr does, then what are we talking about here? So I promise you, I know there'll be some calls. I know there'll be some texts, and that's fine. We'll speak on it. I'm not going to do this every day. I just found it hilarious when all of a sudden, a lot of the conversation, a lot of the, uh, the, the, the backlash I got for what I said on Monday's show was the fact that, well, the Raiders offense is way better than the Patriots. I don't see it, Raider Nation. I, again, I don't see it. Yes, they were 11th in the league in, in offense, 363.7 yards per game. The Patriots only had 354 yards per game. But I like that the Patriots scored 26 points per game, where the Raiders only averaged 19 points per game. I'll take that 26 points any day. If the Raiders had scored 26 points per game, guess what? They would have won, they would have won more games. That, I mean, that's as simple as it gets. Is, is Tom Brady better in the, in the red zone? Yeah, I, I could agree with that. But is it going to be that much different? Is it going to be seven points, eight points different in the red zone? I don't know about that. Because the, the play still got to be called up. The guy still got to get open. And that's a lot of, a, a lot of that is on, on the Raiders. You know, guys have got to be able to punch it in from the goal line. Uh, John Gruden's got to push it in for fourth and one. He's got to be able to go for it, have the, have the stones to go for it instead of deciding to settle for field goals. I mean, a lot of that's on John Gruden. It's not just on the play of the guys on the field. A lot of that's on John Gruden. So, I, I, again, that's, I, just, I had to bring that up because I, just, I, I found that to be hilarious. That one, one season, before the season has even changed over, before the, before the new league year has even began, 
we have gone as fans from the Raiders need a lot of weapons. They don't have a very good offense. A lot of these guys wouldn't start on other teams. So all of a sudden, this offense is way better than the Patriots. That is hilarious how quickly we did that. Coming up in segment number three, got some texts and some calls straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. The correct number, 707-654-4693. That's coming up next here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, February 18, 2020. It's time to hear from you straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693, either by way of the text message or the old traditional voicemail. Either way, we got both mixing and matching here in segment number three. So let's go ahead and jump into it. And the first one's going to be a text message. This text says, Hey, QPOC, it's Raider STL here. My question is, you think Mayock has scouts or eyes on the XFL? Also, what are your thoughts on the new league? Here in Seattle, in St. Louis, I mean, we have the Battle Hawks, and St. Louis is super excited about football being back. I'm just curious if any of these guys get another shot in the league. And I will tell you, as a guy who loves football loves NFL action just I mean really that is my go-to that is my thing that I love the most I can care less about the XFL I really don't care about the XFL Dallas has a team the Renegades and I have all media access if I want to go and I haven't been to a game yet I think I will go to probably one game just to check it out to see what it's like up close to personal but I just don't see these guys really doing anything that makes it so they're going to get into the league back into the NFL if they've already been there I mean, look, I mean, guys like Landry Jones are the quarterback, Cardell Jones, uh, Matt McGloin, you know, obviously you probably saw what happened with Matt McGloin over the weekend, but guys that just don't get it done or haven't got it done on the NFL level are all of a sudden the quarterback. And there's a couple guys that are younger dudes in the XFL, and maybe they're going to show something. And I know Houston has a quarterback that's pretty interesting. He was a Temple product, and I I hate that I can't remember his name. It's P.J. Was it P.J. Hall? No, it's not P.J. Hall. P.J. Hall's on the Raiders. Anyway, it's P.J. something. I I hate that I can't remember his name. And I I know he's showing a little something-something. He's got a little bit of versatility, but that's about it. So do I think that Mike Mayock, to answer your question, uh, has eyes on the XFL? Absolutely. I think that they're looking at everything as they should. I just don't have eyes on the XFL. So if they find a diamond in the rough, maybe they'll you know give them a shot and bring them into training camp. But as far as I'm concerned, I don't really think that the XFL is going to provide too many uh, NFL dudes that are going to be difference makers. But again, that's just me. Now I got a call from Raider Loke from the 626. He actually called in on Friday to talk about free agency and talk about a couple guys he'd like to see added to the Raiders roster. Here he is, Raider Loke from the 626. What's up, Q? What's up, Nation? How's everything? This is Ray Long from the 626 calling you after listening to this week's Ultimate Division crossover. And I got to thank you. I loved it this week. Woke up every morning on my daily commute and listened, and popped it in and listened to it. So it was definitely good to see the insight from the different teams from Monday to Thursday. And then today we were able to listen to see our opponents that we're going to face in the AFC East and the NFC South. And um kind of want to respond to uh Jordan from Oregon's question in regards to free agency. You know, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick one player from each side of the ball. On the defensive side, I'm going to make it easy. I would love to see Chris Jones wearing that silver and black. If you could only imagine what 
with Hurst, Hankins, uh, Hall, you know, the interior pressure, how much, how much of that interior pressure would we create from the inside? You know, I would love to see, you know, and with him being a big physical player, you know, he could soft down this, them passes, you know, so I would love to see him added to that defensive line on the, on the defensive side of the ball. But on the offensive side, you know, I may get some nods on this, but I would love to see Robbie Anderson wearing that silver and black. And I know he hasn't been a top wide receiver in this league, but is that fault of his own or is that fault of uh, Jets playing the quarterback carousel? Because I believe he's played with five different quarterbacks, you know, so there's only so much you can do, you know, when you got different quarterbacks trying to learn the system, trying to, you know, trying to plug him in. And, you know, like they say, consistency is key. That's one thing that I live by, you know, got to make sure that consistency is there. So you never know. I mean, if we add Robbie Anderson to his offense with a healthy Tyra Williams and a healthy Hunter Renfro and potentially a Jerry Judy or a CeeDee Lamb when you've got Darren Waller and Foster Moreau at a tight end and then you've got, you know, Jelly and Richard, uh, Josh Jacobs and Jelly Richard, man, this, this offense could potentially, man, it could probably match up with the Chiefs. That, that's a big if. But, um, and that's why I would like to see wearing the silver and black on the both sides of the ball next season, Q. And I'm pretty sure everyone else is going to call in for their for their players that they would love to see into wearing that silver and black this season in Vegas. So that's it, Red. This is Red Oak, and I'm out. Thank you so much for that call, my man, Chris Jones. That would definitely be a big time difference maker. That's what I've been talking about when free agency comes up. You got to get a guy who's a difference maker. He would wreck shop along that defensive line. I'm I'm pretty confident in that, but. I will tell you, and I'm sure that you already knew, I do not agree with Robbie Anderson. I, I just, I think he's an okay wide receiver. I don't think he's anything special. I know he's got speed, but I feel like you can get a lot of speed, a speed demon in the draft, and not have to worry about Robbie Anderson's issues off the field and in Vegas. And look, I get it. Vegas is just another city. The Raiders are, are that's where their home is. So we as fans are going to have to get used to players being in Vegas and the temptations that are Vegas. And, you know, there's temptations in every city, so they're going to have to get used to it. But I just think Robbie Anderson giving him $14 million a year, at least $14 million a year for a guy who's, again, he, he stretches the field, yeah, but I, I just don't know if it's worth it when you can go get a young dude. I mean, again, you don't just have to throw money at a guy just because he's a guy, just because he's available. And you, you saw him a few times. I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm not a very high on Robbie Anderson. I know a lot of Raider Nation is, but just not me. Again, I feel like you can go into the draft and get your guys and get a guy that's younger and get a guy that's a lot cheaper and be just as happy, if not happier. Thank you for that call, though. I appreciate that. Next up is a text message. Hey, Q, One Nation Jeff here in SoCal, sending this message with a long statement and one question at the end. First off, I consider myself a D.C. supporter. Not necessarily a car stand or worse that I've been called on social media, LOL. I agree with you that D.C. is our quarterback until he's not. I will support whatever quarterback is wearing silver and black. I have a lot of fear drafted a quarterback because of our history in doing so. In our history, we have only drafted two Pro Bowl quarterbacks, and that's Stabler and D.C. That being said, and Mayock I trust. If I was going to throw money at an aging quarterback, it would be one that I thought could compete with and beat Kansas City. In my opinion, that's Breeze, not Brady. Now that brings me to my question. You spoke yesterday on the rules of free agency. If the Raiders truly leaked information to Larry Fitzgerald Sr. about being willing to pay $60 million over two years for Brady, would that not be tampering because they put an actual dollar value on their interest? Thank you so much for that text message. I appreciate you, my man. And actually, it's funny. That's, uh, he actually identified the fact that I, uh, I gave out the wrong number on the podcast on Monday. So I definitely appreciate Jeff for so- from SoCal for that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you could look at it as tampering if somebody in the organization came out and said, Hey, you know what? Uh, if Tom Brady becomes a, uh, 
a free agent, then uh, we're going to offer him $30 to $60 million or $60 million over two years. If like John Gruden or Mike Mayock came out and said that uh, publicly, yeah. Now, if there's someone in the organization that leaked that, I mean, you could technically say that that's, uh, that's tampering, but at the same time, the organization could say, nah, we didn't say that. Nobody, we don't know who said that. Somebody just, I don't know, just threw something out there that had nothing to do with us. That's a way that they could do that. And again, you, you never know. I mean, I feel like tampering happens all the time. It's going to happen at the Combine for sure. If there's going to be uh, guys that are communicating with other teams, like I said, players will be there, free agents will be there, uh, there will be GMs there, owners will be there, it's all kind of people, and that's where agents get together with GMs, and that's when the real tampering begins. So uh, the, the news that you hear coming out of, out of uh, the Combine will really be uh, a lot of rumors that are stirred up because of uh, a lot of tampering that is illegal technically, but it's still never really been cracked down on. John McClain tells me about it all the time. He's like, that's where you need to be at the Combine. You'll find out a lot of information about your team and every other team in the league if you're at the Combine. So sometime on my uh, wish list it is to be there and just be a, a fly on the wall and, and pick up the, the information. But yeah, technically you're correct. If somebody in the organization leaked that out with the dollar figure, yeah, it technically is tampering, but they'll never get called out on it. Next up, Jordan from Oregon calling in to talk about free agency and how the state of Nevada can affect that. Here's Jordan from Oregon. Hey, yo, what up, Q? It's Jordan, Oregon. I just wanted to call in Sunday and was uh, actually listening to your Friday's podcast. And uh, again, great, great week on the podcast last week. Was thought that the uh, setup you guys had with the crossover and breaking each division down, each team getting to hear their little piece was was awesome, man. Um, but just wanted to call in, been diving into free agency more. And, uh, honestly, kind of one, one thing that crossed my mind is how much do you think that the state income tax situation with Las Vegas is going to play a factor into some of these signings? Um, the reason I mentioned that, I know a lot of guys hit their big payday after the rookie contracts are up and, and honestly, if you look at history, um, a lot, most times it's not the, the signings aren't based off of guys trying to go to a, a team with a winning culture. They're trying to go to a team that's got money to pay them. And so I think the Raiders are in a unique situation because they have the cap to sign some guys that are younger in free agency, but they also have, you know, kind of a team to persuade some older guys to come try to kind of join well, you could say a team that's on the rise or a team that's on on the cusp of contention. But with that being said, I could see this being a really splashy free agency all over the board. Um, just wanted to get your take on some of that. And uh, anyway, hope you're having a great week, and peace out, Raider Nation. Good call, my man. And, yes, I absolutely believe that no state tax in Nevada will make a huge difference. A lot of times players have to be extremely or had to be extremely overpaid to go to the Raiders when they were in Cali just because it's so expensive to live in Cali. That is an absolute fact. That is a 100% fact. As a matter of fact, when I talked to Josh Jacobs in Nashville before he was drafted by the Raiders, I asked him his thoughts on being a Raider, and he said, I know they're going to Las Vegas in 2020. That They have no state income tax there. And so I can save a lot of my money. I mean, that's something he brought up before the Raiders ever drafted him. So that's on his mind. Matter of fact, an interview I didn't even get to play for you. Maybe I'll play for you tomorrow. Uh, Terrell Lewis, he's actually from Alabama. He's a defensive end. He's going to be drafted probably in the first or second round this upcoming draft. He was talking to myself and Paul Catalina from ESPN Central Texas. And I asked him, because I, I like to throw it out there to, to draft guys like, hey, what, or, or guys that are about to be drafted. Who would you like to go play for, man? Is there a team that, you know, in your mind you'd like to say, hey, I, I would like to be a, a Raider or a Charger or a Chief or a Bronco, whatever. I always kind of throw it out there. And he said, you know, he didn't bring up any team. He said, I'd like to go to a team with no state income tax. These guys think about that. 
These guys think about that. So absolutely being in Nevada, being in Las Vegas is going to be a game changer as far as that goes, as far as the money goes, because that, again, is going to be a way different way of life than what Raiders, the front office, is used to. Mark Davis, all those cats are used to. It's just going to be different with no state income tax. So absolutely, free agents are definitely going to want to go play there with no state income tax. Plus, matter of fact, didn't, uh, didn't Jalen Ramsey say that as well? That he'd love to go to Las Vegas because it had no state income tax. He said that about Nashville, and he said that about Las Vegas. These guys think about that. They're not, they're not stupid. They're thinking about their money. And uh, like I said, Terrell Lewis, who has not even been drafted, that's one of the things on his mind. I'd like to go to a team that plays in a state with no state income tax. That's smart. It's very smart right there. So, yeah, that's definitely a game changer. And my final text, what's up Q? This is E-Dub from Santa Clarita, California. I was wondering if you heard any news on the Raiders updating their uniforms for the Las Vegas move and or logo. Keep doing what you're doing, loving the podcast. Oh yeah, I'm a new booty. Thank you so much, E-Dub. Appreciate you uh, reaching out by way of text message, my man. And um, no, I don't think that the Raiders changed their logo. I don't think the Raiders changed their uh, uniforms. Uh, I think they have one of the best. Actually, I think they have the best uniforms in the league. I think they've always had them. Those colors are iconic, and I just don't see there being any reason why the Raiders would do that. And, uh, you know, when they had that big revealing or they had that big announcement that they had to make at Allegiant Stadium, and uh, I I know Paul Gutierrez had put something out there about the logo. I was thinking, man, if they change that logo, that's going to be a huge mistake. But they didn't. They didn't. All they did is call themselves the Las Vegas Raiders, and you know they were officially the Las Vegas Raiders. So, yeah, I don't think you have to worry about that E-Dub. They're going to be the silver and black. They're always going to be the silver and black, and that logo is going to remain the same. So uh, we are good to go as far as the fan base goes. And, and knowing that uh, you know the, the, the stuff that we have, the memorabilia that we have, the, the hats, the clothes, the jerseys, the shirts, all that stuff, it's all going to stay the same. Silver and black, baby, it's just what we do. As far as fans go, right? <laughs> That's right. Tomorrow on the show, uh, I think I'm going to do the interview that uh, we had on ESPN Central Texas on Monday with Benjamin Solak from the Draft Network. You know, we had a good conversation with him on, on my radio station, and uh, I think I'll bring that conversation uh, to the to the table. And I also may bring that uh, that interview with uh, Alabama defensive end Terrell Lewis, you know, from uh, Miami when we were at Radio Row. It was a really good interview that I never got to bring to the table. Those are two good things that I think I might bring to the table tomorrow. And uh, also, whatever else I can come up with, plus some calls and, and text messages straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Of course, you know I'll have news and notes of the day as well. 707-654-4693. 707-654-4693. So until Wednesday's episode of Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.